0: Welcome to Denim Wrapped Nightmares, Tipsy Exchange Podcast, where we explore the Supernatural series, episode by episode.
1: Over drinks, we'll discuss the lore, the gore, and what we adore about the Winchesters and their adventures. I'm Burley, and I'm
0: a new fan of the series.
1: I'm La, and I'm here along for the ride. Now let's
0: So, on our last episode, Croatoan, we were in a small town because Sam had a vision of Dean killing a young man who had something inside him, apparently. So, they went to Oregon searching out answers. And when they got there, this town had been infected. It had been cut off from the outside world. There was just a bunch of shit going down. No one knew what was up. Sam became infected. So... Dean was telling the few people who were left with them who weren't infected to take the Impala, get out of town. But whenever they went to leave, everyone had left. It was a ghost town now. There was no one there anymore. And it turns out Sam was immune to this weird virus that was taking everybody over. And then at the end, shows the Winchesters on a little date by a river. And Dean's about to tell Sam what Daddy Winchester said on his deathbed. But then it cut to black. And that was that. Yep. That's where we were on our last episode with Croatoan. Right.
1: Well, and then this episode starts like right where that one left off.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. After a little side visit with an excellent song selection, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I love
1: White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. Well, the clip before that starts, we see a guy named Scott Carey sitting in a, I guess, a psychiatrist's office named Dr. Waxler. Waxler? Yeah. And Scott's telling him that about a year ago, he started having these abilities, and he says that he can electrocute things. Started with the neighbor's cat, and he so lovingly says that his guts, you know, just turned, I forget what he said, but it was gross. (laughs) And I did not like it. The guy, or Scott's like, you don't believe me, and the doctor says, I think I believe that you believe it. And Scott Kind of dares him to shake hands with him, but the doctor's not falling for it. He asks him why he did what he did, why he killed the cat. And Scott mentions that he tells me to do the things. In in my dreams, he talks to me and tells me to do awful things, which we know is the demon. Good old yellow eyes. And he says that the demon tells him that he has plans for him, which we know that he has plans for Sam as well. Scott leaves the appointment and he's walking to his car. It's nighttime. And as he's about to open his car door, we see a shadow behind him. He turns around and, I mean, he just gets stabbed in the gut and then, like, cuts him up, too, toward his breastbone, I guess. And he dies. That's what we get to start. And then we get back to the date with the brothers by the pond or lake or whatever it is. Dean fesses fesses up finally to Sam that his dad told him that one day he may have to kill him. Kill Sam. Yeah, he said, I'll have to save you or kill you. And Sam is shocked and not happy. Dean tries to calm down. He, like, suggests that let's take a break. It's been a lot going on. It's too much. And Sam, not having it. We see Sam at some abandoned house by himself. He walks in and he's looking for something and as he walks through a doorway he hits a tripwire and a grenade he sees the grenade attached to it and he blows up and dies. But we learn that that's not actually true yet that some woman has had a dream like Sam does of him dying. The
0: transition was it showed Sam leaving a motel with a bag and went and broke into a car so it seemed like He was pissed off at Dean, so he was going off on his own, which we find out later he actually did do. And then it shows him go to that house and pick the
1: lock and all that other stuff. Right. He goes back to the roadhouse to talk to Ellen and Ash, and Dean's worried about him, doesn't know where he is. And he asks about how Joe is, and Ellen tells him that Joe actually left and has been hunting on her own. And, of course, Sam, feels like she probably blames them, but she tells him she doesn't blame him. It was her choice. And I mean, what her father did it. So she, she was going to follow in his footsteps. And he asks actually what happened between his dad and Joe's dad. But Ellen kind of just pushes it aside and doesn't say anything. Doesn't like changes the subject.
0: We got the thing the dad said. So they have to give us another carrot now. Right. Like now we're sitting here going, what the fuck happened, Ellen? Just tell us what happened between Bill and John. Yeah. They got to have another mystery for us to wait for the yeah. answers to, I guess. <laughs> daddy problems. This whole show is daddy problems. Right.
1: <laughs> the real reason Sam's there is to ask Ash if he can find other pe- others like him that were born the same year as him, had their, their mothers died in a fire and whatnot, which I have no idea how he could have found that. But... He comes back and says he found four others, which I think three of the four, we already met the two, and then the third one was Scott, who we saw die, and then he says one more, or no, no, no. It was four including Sam. Never mind. Yeah. So Sam decides to go to Scott's house and see what he can find. I think he poses as one of uh, Scott's old high school friends. And his dad lets him into his room, and Sam pokes around, sees uh his medication bottles and sees that Dr. Wexler's name is on or Waxler's name is on it, who prescribed the medication to him. I keep
0: wanting to say Wexler too, because I know I used to use Dr. Wexler skincare. oh yeah,
1: <laughs> I just always think Wexler not Waxler, I don't know Waxler as he keeps poking around, he goes to the closet and sees. There's a collage behind his clothes, and it's all just cutouts from magazines and whatnot of just yellow eyes. And yeah, it's super creepy.
0: That was that was interesting. Yeah, so somebody's got a little obsession. Scott Scott liked yellow eyes, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's odd. Then Sam heads back to the motel after he's got you know the collage and this doctor's information, but as he's going in, he thinks somebody's following him and he turns around, but it is this woman who we saw in the beginning that had the dream about Sam. We learned that her name is Ava Wilson and she goes in and she starts talking to him like how he would, you know, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I just hear me out. So she tells him about the dream she had and she saw him die. He's like, no, no, I believe you, but asks if her mother died in a fire when she was young too. And she was like, no, my mom lives in Palm Beach. Crazy. <laughs> And uh,
0: I loved how whenever she first came in, she was like, I'm normal. Yeah. Like, I'm normal,
1: but I had a psychic dream about your death. <laughs> right. And then in the end, like, she's like, OK, I'm leaving because you're psycho.
0: Yeah. You're a weirdo. Yeah. I liked Ava, though. I like her.
1: Yeah. Then we see that Dean has called Ellen looking for Sam. Sam asked her to not tell Dean, you know, she swore secrecy or whatever. But she says, family's family. And she narks on Sam and tells Dean that he is in Lafayette, Indiana. Sam has actually asked Ava to come help him and convince, somehow convinced her to go see Dr. Waxler in an attempt to steal some of Scott's files, which she willingly does, which is crazy. But I mean, I guess if he was asking me to do something, I would do it too. Because I don't think I could say no.
0: You can't say no to Winchester.
1: Yeah. This scene was cute.
0: It reminded me of back in season one, where... The painting was coming down. Sam was like, oh, my God. When the painting showed up, Mm -hmm. when she was sitting there and you see Sam scaling the side of the building through the window behind. Yeah. And she goes, holy crap. (laughs) The doctor's like, what? Turns around. But Sam, you know, stealthy Sam, he he made it. He made it across without the doctor spotting him.
1: Right. But they do get the files.
0: Yes, they do. And their little ruse. And Ava enjoyed it. She yeah. was. She enjoyed going on the little heist or yeah, whatever. Yeah, he
1: like, what he, he's like, I'm sorry, you know, to pull it. Are you okay with this? And she's like, am I okay with this? She's like, I just helped you steal files from this doctor. Of course I'm fine. I'm, I think she's like feeling like a badass or something. Exhilarated. Feeling good. Uh, well, since Ellen told Dean where Sam was, of course Dean shows up. And he's just kind of spying on him at first. He sees him in the window. And Sam's contemplating whatever he's comp- contemplating. And he moves out of the way, he's, he sees Ava, and he's he's like, oh, thank God you're okay. And then when Sam moves out of the way, he sees Ava, and he's like, oh, you're better than okay, and he calls him, like, a sly dog. Which, oh, my God. But that little sweet moment is short-lived because somebody starts shooting up the room from, I guess, across the parking lot or something. He was on a roof somewhere. Yeah. 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 We learn, I mean, he's shooting up that room pretty good from a far distance, and we real- we see that it was it's Gordon, who we met for. Sterling K. Brown. Yes. And Dean, of course, runs up there and is like, the hell are you doing? To- you were going to do that to my brother, and starts beating him up. Gordon's telling him, like, wait, 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 no. And uh, he just ends up knocking Dean out, because Dean's not going to quit.
0: Those were some heavy-duty bullets.
1: <sighs> yeah, it was a big deal. I thing. know they ended up saying what they were, but just...
0: Oh, yeah. That means nothing to me. I don't know anything about guns, but they were heavy duty. Like just the way they were coming in, like, like, yeah,
1: I mean, all, all bullets
0: are scary, but they seemed extra scary.
1: (laughs) The, well, yeah, Sam and Ava go and find the, the bullet casings and everything. And then uh, he calls Dean and Dean is with Gordon, just completely tied up. Can't move, but he takes the call. Gordon lets Dean take the call. And Sam and him are talking about, where he is and he's like okay well come meet me and well actually no at this point sam didn't realize dean was there so he calls him and he's like hey where are you and he tells him he's in town that ellen told him and he says it's a funky little town and they keep talking and dean's like well come meet me i'm at this motel gives him the address and sam gets off the phone and ava asks you know what happened and he immediately says that his uh brother's in danger that he used a code word that he has a gun gun pointed at him, which, good for them for these specific codes. Yeah,
0: and it wasn't a motel. He gave an address, and it's a dilapidated old house
1: that still had some decent furniture inside. I think inside. he did say motel, though, but it was a house. Oh, well, yeah. They, yeah, which I thought was weird.
0: I just thought it was weird that the house had, like, some good condition furniture in it, I thought. Oh, I didn't notice. The chair that Gordon was sitting in, I was like... Why hasn't anybody gone in there and taken that chair? (laughs) Maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe people brought it in there to stay in there with it. Oh, I didn't think about that. Gordon and Dean start chatting and Gordon talks to Sam about how he's a demon hunter. You know, Sam is fair game. And he says he knows what Sam is. He he figured he just like they have their contacts at Roadhouse. He has his contacts at Roadhouse. And he talks about one demon that he was after who he was about to kill and mentions that there is a coming war where what did he say? The soldiers is what they were calling human soldiers march on hell's side in the in the war. And that he knew that one of these demon humans that was going to be doing this was Sam. We go back to Ava and and, uh, Sam really quick and Ava wants to stay. Can't blame her. But uh, Sam, he's he doesn't want to get her in harm's way, sends her on her way back to her fiance. and he goes after finding Dean. Back to Gordon and Dean, one of the
0: things I thought was interesting because they've they've spent time with Gordon's character letting us know that he's really into his job. And so the way he got this information at first before he went to his roadhouse contacts was that he had a demon. And he said that if you torture a demon, if you have the right tools, you can get them to say anything. And Dean asked, well, what about the girl they were possessing? And Gordon just very coldly goes, she didn't make it. So he tortured a human because they were possessed with a demon to get more information. And it didn't bother him at all, it seemed. You know, he basically killed the person just to try and get some more information about this upcoming war and the human soldiers and all that other kind of stuff. Um so they are solidifying more and more that Gordon is not a good guy.
1: Yep. Gordon is the one who sets the tripwire with the grenade. He tells Dean his whole plan that he has one set and then he just to be safe, he has the second one ready. And Dean, you know, gets pissed off, starts getting upset and Gordon kind of taunts him and says that he thought he was more professional and not so emotional. He starts to bring up the idea that if he had Hitler a young Hitler riding around with him and he knew the future of what he was going to do. Wouldn't you kill him too? Then we see Ava's dream start to take place. Sam is coming up on the house. Gordon c- kind of prepared himself. He knew that Sam would see him at the front. So he would come in at the back. So that's where he set everything up. And of course they hear kind of hear Sam come in and he sets the first grenade off. Second one goes off. Gordon goes back there to check things out and sees Sam's shoe on the floor smoking, just like everything happened in the dream. But he didn't prepare for Sam being behind him with a gun pointed to his head. Nothing was said. We didn't see Ava
0: tell him all these details. But I assume that Ava probably shared more details with Sam about exactly what happened in her dream. And that's how Sam knew there was going to be a tripwire, yeah. I'm and sure. knew to avoid it.
1: Yeah, I would imagine so. They get in a fight, and Sam gets the best of Gordon. And grabs—he has his gun, and it's pointed at him. Gordon's like, you know, go ahead, do it. Prove, you know, prove me right. Your brother thinks you're some angel, and and Sam kind of pauses, and instead of shooting him, he turns the butt on him and knocks him out. Hits him in the face, knocks him out. And he tells him that it's Sam, not Sammy, because Gordon kept calling him Sammy. Nobody calls him Sammy except for Dean. And so he goes and unties Dean, and they start kind of hobbling out of the house. Sam's not doing great. Gordon pops out of the house, two guns blazing, shooting at him. Sam's like, don't worry, I got Gordon covered. They hide in some bushes, and we see the cops show up, take Gordon down and they find his cool little thing behind his seat that rolls out that's just, like, filled with weapons. Oh,
0: yeah. They search the El Camino. Yeah. Gordon's fucked,
1: to say yeah. the least. Yeah. And Sam says, you know, there was an anonymous, anonymous tip called in. Which I had mixed feelings about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is what it is for the episode.
1: Dean calls up Ellen and is pissed at her, accusing her of the one, being the one that t- told Gordon or Ash because they were the only ones that knew. And Ellen's like, you know, you're not the only hunters here that come in and could have figured something else like that out. She said there's probably like 12 of them I could think of right now that probably already know or could have figured it out. So they really don't know how Gordon got this information.
0: I thought that whole conversation seemed
1: very shady.
0: Yeah. Because when they've been having conversations about stuff, there've been other people there, don't get me wrong, because I remember there was the episode where Joe was eavesdropping and listening and Mm -hmm. she had just been hustling somebody at a game and all this other kind of stuff so there are people around who could have potentially been eavesdropping on their conversations oh yeah so I get that but why didn't you warn them about this before Ellen if you knew that there were people oh I can think of 12 people right now who got why haven't you said something why haven't you told them hey shut the fuck up quit talking about that stuff here yeah people are gonna get the wrong idea and think Sammy's a monster and try to come after him yeah I didn't um, like I got bad vibes from that whole thing
1: I can see that The guys take off, and Dean tells Sam that he better not ever take off like that again. And, of course, Sam's like, "Or what? You're going to kill me? So it's a joke now. (laughs) We can laugh at it. And even though he's real pissed about it in the beginning. And Dean wants to take a break. He says, Sam asks, where to next? And Dean says, Amsterdam. Which I wanted to be like,
0: hey, Dean, you'd have to get on a plane to go to Amsterdam. Right. We know you don't want to do that shit.
1: Sam... Tells Dean that he's he's a hunter. He wants to keep going. He wants to keep doing what they're doing. He's committed now. And Dean makes a comment about, well, you know, what's worth saving the world after you don't get a little a little nookie along the way, which gross. I know that was <laughs> his thing back in the day, but gross.
0: Aw, oh, Fred Durst.
1: And Sam asks how far to wherever it is Ava lives. And they show up at her house, course break in. And they find Ava's fiancé in bed, like his throat slash blood everywhere. They're poking around again without gloves. Yeah. Even though there's blood everywhere. And Dean finds uh, sulfur is on the windows, so he knows a demon's been there. Then Sam looks down on the floor, and in a pool of blood, he finds Ava's engagement ring at the foot of the bed. And he just says her name, and then it ends.
0: The way he said her name... Felt like it had some sort of meaning behind it. So I don't know if he's suspecting she got possessed. Does he think she has been in touch with yellow eyes and turned on her fiance and killed her fiance? Because since Simon said, we've had this theme of all these children who have been in touch with yellow eyes turn into killers. So is that what Sam's thinking that Ava killed? Her fiance? Is he thinking she got possessed? I don't I don't know. The way he said her name felt like it had meaning behind it, but I'm not sure what it was. They didn't tell us, it just cut to black.
1: Yeah. So that's that that is hunted. That was the episode.
0: This one was definitely not one of my favorites. It was cool to see Gordon again. Yeah. And get it established further that he's not a nice guy. That we've got this hunter out there. Because I would imagine that would be true if there's this. job that you could do where you can rationalize morally murdering people that there would probably be some not good people in that role so it makes sense wasn't too gory the goriest thing was ava's fiance at the end
1: i thought yeah i don't think there was much blood other than that
0: so on to the lore for today's lore i googled are psychics real that was kind of the supernatural element in this episode was Ava the Psychic. And according to ShondaLand.com, <laughs> <laughs> psychics can range from people who claim to see your future to those who give you more general guidance on what areas of your life you can work on for personal development. Some say they can remove curses and others may claim that they can talk to your dead relatives. Before you dismiss psychics outright, it is important to know that there has been a lot of academic and even governmental research into psychics, which LA has touched on a little bit in the past. The University of Arizona had a dedicated lab called Veritas that studied psychic phenomenon, or the effects concluded in 2008 through the co-director went on to start the Windbridge Research Center, which certifies mediums. The U.S. government has reportedly studied psychic abilities for use during war, and psychics have been used to solve unsolved crimes. There was a lot of information in this article about what to look for before you Pick a psychic, like somebody that you're going to work with, but I skipped over all of that. There are a variety of types of psychics. So the phrase psychic is more of a catch-all for all kinds of future tellers, it's in quotes. And there are a wide variety of different types of psychics you can find both online and in real life. Some practitioners use different tools to divine the future, such as tarot cards or tea leaves, while others report being able to do it over the phone by interacting with a special object or performing a special, uh, special ritual. Because the world of future-telling and fortune-telling is still so muddy and there aren't really any governing bodies and definitions are a bit fluid. If you're looking for a specific kind of energy worker, be sure to clarify what kind you're interested in. Here are some of the most common types of psychics out there. Psychics is the first type. Generally, psychics tell things about events, places, people, and times that are unknown to them. They don't tend to commune or communicate with the dead. Then we have mediums. These are one of the most popular types of psychics out there, and they tend to specialize in speaking to and connecting with the dead. We learned in an episode recently that they, oh, it was uh, no exit that they secrete ectoplasm. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was confusing. It was so confusing, but these are, these people should have the ability to contact the dead reliably regularly and on demand according to the windbridge research center on demand what if the dead person's busy i
1: guess they they're just ready they're on just the ready, ready. they're just know. sitting
0: there waiting for a medium to call them up i mean that just seems rude another type of psychic is intuitives and clairvoyance These practitioners generally are classified as empaths or people who can feel the emotions of others. Intuitives and clairvoyants typically get strong images, feelings, or thoughts about the sitter. These visions can be related to those who have died or relate to living and breathing people and events in the current time. Tarot card readers and astrologers are types of energy workers, and they use tools like tarot cards or the time, date, and location of your birth to tell someone's specific future or communicate with the dead. So those are the types of psychics. Many psychics offer more than one type of reading. So, for example, it's possible to find someone who is both an intuitive and an astrologer. Regardless of the type of psychic you choose, it's essential to know that there are frauds out there, believe it or not. So are psychics for real? Ultimately, the jury is still out on whether or not psychics can really foretell the future. In some cases, a tiny percentage of psychics have displayed some uncanny abilities that can't be explained away. While there are far more stories of fraud, there may be some who have true spiritual gifts. Scientific and governmental studies have neither proven nor disproven psychic abilities. That being said, many psychics can offer a sense of peace or encourage you to follow a long-time dream or make a hard decision. And that can be incredibly valuable in today's rather uncertain world. No matter which side of the debate you fall on, it's essential to educate yourself before deciding to take a psychic's advice to heart. Look for warnings of fraud, because sadly, it's more common than not. And that's all I have from Shondaland.
1: <laughs> I, I think there are some legit ones like that Tyler Henry medium. I don't yeah, I've seen his stuff, but
0: it's... doesn't he have a Netflix show? Is uh yeah he's yeah name? he started I think on yeah. Bravo or
1: e doing celebrities, but now he's doing just people who are on his wait list that agree to come on the show, but I think he's pretty legit and like I like he like scribbles while he does it, and then there's like that Laura Lynn something, and she's got like a year long wait list and stuff, and a bunch of people have gone to see her, but then there's others I'm like, I don't believe him, but those two seem pretty pretty legit,
0: I definitely think that. There's a sixth sense, so to speak, that we don't know a Mm. lot about. And just like with hearing and smelling and taste, I believe there are people out there who have a stronger sixth sense than others. And that that could definitely potentially be like psychics kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's possible. To close it out, I have a quote from Dean. When he's talking to Gordon, and Gordon's trying to convince him that Sam is this terrible person who's going to kill everybody and be a complete monster. Dean says, I know Sam, okay, better than anyone. He's got more of a conscience than I do. I mean, the guy feels guilty surfing the internet for porn. (laughs) Cheers.
1: Cheers. (laughs) Oh, sweet Sam. Thank you for listening to Denim Wrapped Nightmares. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram, leave a review, and let us know how we can get involved in the fandom. This was fun, jerk. It always is, bitch.